Welcome to the PVYA Orthodox Youth Podcast. My name is Henri Sorel, and we're here to discuss Orthodox life in college. I'm going to introduce myself. I'm Misha Joyce. I am a, I'm a current student at a community college, and I'm studying mathematics. So. I'm Maria. I'm from Chicago. I go to University of Michigan in my first year of college. All right, great. So uh, the two of you have uh, both very uh, uh, different college experiences right now. One person going to a community college, one going to a four-year institution. Also, uh, Misha, you're going to school in your hometown, or very close to your hometown, whereas Maria, you are you came all the way to Michigan from Chicago. So I think you both have very different perspectives that you can add to this conversation. Uh, Misha, if you'd like to talk about your uh, college life and how that relates to church life a bit. Yeah, I would love to. So I have a very unique college life because i started like when everything was shut down because of corona so uh, there's like a lot of things i can't necessarily relate to that like um like maria would be able to because i was never in the dorm i was always at home and in school classes were always online and also like in the nature of my degree in mathematics like there's a lot of like everything is pretty much a objective like you can't have like have a different opinion about math because two plus two is four and there's that's that's that but it's just, you know, in terms of keeping faith uh, in my setting, like it was a lot easier just because, you know, my father's also a priest and I have that influence and I always had extra time because I didn't have to commute to school or anything. You know, I always had I had time to go to the services um, and there weren't uh, outside influences like peers per se or teachers that were telling me things that were like contradictory to my faith like basically i had a like very good influences and you know it was easier to just stay focused on that rather than being distracted because then like a lot of it's very common at like big schools like university of michigan like there's a lot of partying and drinking and all that stuff that's not necessarily good for the faith or like good for your soul rather but you know it's easier to stay focused in my setting and especially at community college like it's a much smaller school as well so. Yeah, I can imagine that does make things a bit easier to avoid the temptation. So, uh, Maria, you uh, you come here from uh, not your hometown. You're going to school in another place. Uh, would you be able to just to talk a bit about uh, the process you went through and uh, finding a parish here and any challenges you faced doing that? Yes. So I'm out of state, as you know, um, from Chicago, and I faced many struggles um, being out of state for my family and it's been a little hard finding a, a balance between school and my faith. A little background is that my family is like religious. We go to church every Sunday, even on feast days. Um, and we're good about like fasting every Wednesday and Friday and whenever we need a fast. But over here with university, it's been a little harder going to church every Sunday and for every feast day and just finding like transportation, for example. There's also a lot of temptations in the dining hall with like so much variety of food so those are a little of my struggles um coming here to university but a lesson that i've learned is my spiritual father we both established that there's ocf it's like finding orthodox organizations and he strongly recommended for me to try to make it to church on every every sunday so i advice i have for people is um to reach out within your community and talk to your spiritual father uh, about like orthodox organizations and ways like maybe you can find transportation here on campus um that's how i've actually been in contact with my orthodox roommate 
she's also orthodox she her and i actually go to um, saint vladimir here in michigan um so lesson is to reach out and do more research before coming to university all right and ocf that's orthodox christian fellowship correct correct okay yeah and that's uh that's a nationwide uh, college institution right yes okay. every college should i think it has it okay so you had a good experience with ocf then that's always good to hear yes very good all right and uh how did you uh, come across St. Vladimir's and say, you know, you are coming here uh, away from home, so you have to find a parish here of your own. Uh, St. Vladimir's is one of several that are available in Ann Arbor. Not every city has that luxury, but uh, we thank God do. Uh, so could you just, just go into a little bit of detail on how you came along to St. Vladimir's? Yes. Uh, my roommate actually goes to St. Vladimir. She's also Orthodox, like I stated. So I think having like an Orthodox roommate or like reaching out to people that are Orthodox on campus, such as like OCF has really good connections. So just like getting involved in like um, Orthodox groups can help. All right, uh, Misha, do you have uh, anything specific you'd like to add on your experiences with the Orthodox life at uh, WCC? Well, the Orthodox life at WCC is probably non-existent to say the best. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, for example, I mean, many of those people are from the Ann Arbor area. So if they were going to participate in some type of Orthodox fellowship, then they would probably participate in OCF because it's not really OCF's not specifically for the University of Michigan. It's more for like young, um, young adults that are seeking to maintain an Orthodox life during their, you know, not adolescence, but very young adult times when times are more uncertain and, you know. Uh, volatile because there's so many new inf things happening in your life and there's a lot of influences that you're facing that temptation often arises it can really i don't know it's really a tri trying time for your spiritual life and soul and like it kind of it i would argue that these times like between 18 and like 22 like when you're in college really like sets a dynamic for your, the rest of your spiritual life yeah, yeah. And in, in many ways, this is the most uh, dangerous time for a lot of people because, you know, you are, you're just old enough where you can try and do just about anything you want, but you're not really old enough to comprehend the consequences of doing everything, everything you want until after the fact. So that's a, that's a great way to set yourself up for uh, a lot of spiritual danger. And we uh, college students have to be very careful to uh, avoid despair and do their best to struggle with these temptations as they come about. Yeah, definitely. And just... You know, especially at a big school like the University of Michigan, like I mentioned earlier, like the number of like opportunities to like veer off from like like an ideal Christian life. Like no one's perfect, but there's just so many temptations available, like plenty of fraternities, like plenty of clubs and all, you know, all that good stuff that people often find themselves in. And, you know, also sometimes it's necessary, I would argue, for like people to like go through college and realize that's you know maybe not the ideal life like because no one's got it no one's perfect no one's gonna have like that ideal mindset you know when they're 18 but you know it's just kind of like life like you live in orn you know and sometimes like going through that is like the way you get closer to your faith you know not just like going right into college yeah yeah again we uh all of us are going to stumble and fall eventually it's just the question is do we choose to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off and keep going to the path of glory or do we choose to sit there and wallow our own despair it's uh we ultimately make the choice of how we deal with these hardships and uh, it's good for us to try and make the right one yeah like i like how i would summarize like keeping a faithful life during college is like it's free will it is a choice because these are the are these are temptations at the end of the day and you can either choose to you know keep a more spiritual life and can like keep your prayer role 
fast although fasting is very hard like what maria said like usually you know there's not like an orthodox culinary branch at college so you know the fasting is probably not i mean not it's just harder you yeah. know especially with studies and all that but you know it is a choice like you can choose to participate in your faith which i mean many try to but there's just like i said many temptations and like it's easy to veer off so it's definitely a challenging time i also have something to add um so for myself being away from home i've struggled with getting closer to my faith and i've also noticed that in other people since i live in a dorm uh, i found other people getting lost and like going to parties every weekend and they don't like go to church every sunday so i just found people getting lost um and i think that having like the orthodox like faith and background or coming from like an orthodox family really helps guide you and keep you on track it teaches you like key morals going to church fasting all that can help you like doing good in school Yes. Yeah. And while the two of you uh, came to the community through very different ways, I think the common factor in both of your stories is that you were able to find and participate in a community of other Orthodox Christians in which everyone watches one another's backs makes, and uh, helps you. And that helps everyone struggle through uh, their sins together. And that is ultimately what we should keep in mind is the church is not just something you do alone. The church is fundamentally a community and it's one you should participate in. And so whether you find that because you just you're just still in your hometown or you find the new community at university, finding some kind of fellowship is going to be very important in your spiritual life. I think both of you would illustrate that in the different ways you approached it. Yeah. I mean, like it's more than a community. Community. I mean, this is your community. It's your home, but it's like ultimately how like the church teaches how one should live their life through, through prayer, through fasting. And like, it's a moral institution for society that teaches us how to live our lives in an ethical way and like over time in america like people attending church has gone down and you can see this in our, the reflection through our peers not like in a not in a judgmental way but like you know we just we hold different lifestyle you know just like choices like we live our lives in different ways and people choose to like a lot of people refer to time as like living your life is like going to party and like you know having a good time but like this is the church is like the found the source of life yes yes literally. and we need to, yeah we have to be careful to be christian in everything we do it's not like okay i have a life at church on sunday maybe saturday evenings and then i have my other life the rest of the no no you're a christian 24 7 365 and as a Christian, you are effectively, you know, an ambassador of Christ, a representative of Christ in everything you say and do. And you should keep that in mind, even when, especially when you are uh, in the midst of a highly heterodox environment, such as a university. Mm -hmm. And yeah, on that subject, I think, Misha, you mentioned before that, you know, because you're studying mathematics, everything you're learning is very objective and there is a minimal opportunity for, say, more heterodox mindsets or opinions to worm their way into class. But even with something with, like mathematics, I think we should just keep in mind just for ourselves and for the audience that that's not always true. Well, uh, I also have like other examples because I'm also in the music and like for my humanities, I took a music appreciation class and it was primarily about like respecting well, the goal of the class was, like, listening to music from other cultures. Like, for example, like, many African tribes have their tribal music, and they want us to listen to that, and just music from around the world. But, you know, like, given its humanities, like, it can be a ton of more, like, liberal perspective or, like, more of, like, a 
like we're doing this to be inclusive rather than for enjoyment, you know? So that's like kind of, I think that's a skewed, uh, point. Like, because I, well, I think all, all music is like impressive and good in its own ways. And like, it has its own beauty, but it can be taught in a way that's such as like, it's at re- it's imposing rather than being for enjoyment. Like they want, you need to listen to this cause this person is oppressed or whatever the heck, <laughs> but basically like, I, th- I still think there's like, um, you can still take away stuff from these classes that like maybe like contradict the church, like music appreciation is not one of them, but there's many other like liberal arts and humanities classes that like literally are basically like go against all the church teachings. But from being in church and listening to church teachings, you can still kind of filter out what's not necessarily right and what you shouldn't listen to and pick the stuff that you could use in your life and help, you know, for like help your salvation and build a better spiritual life because everyone everyone has something to say and like some of it's not good but some of it is you know useful and you know it's just important to be able to filter out what's correct and what's not because at big colleges like the university of michigan there's obviously going to be opposed there's going to be people that oppose your viewpoints there's going to be people that agree with your viewpoints so yes yeah i'm uh, glad you brought up uh you know taking the good even from things that are Maybe not ideal. Uh, as Providence would have it, we are gathered here today on the feast day of St. Basil, and what St. Basil said is that we should strive to be like a honeybee rather than like a fly. A fly seeks out piles of filth and makes itself all the filthier for it while rummaging through it. Honeybees seek out flowers, take the good and the sweet from the flowers, and they leave the rest. And that is probably, then that is how we should strive to be. So I'm a bio major, which can be very tricky. I had many classes that went against like my belief topics such as like evolution, uh, religion affecting women's health because of like coercion. But like Misha said earlier, like filtering out what's good and what's bad can really help guide you in your spiritual life. Um, Since the church really teaches you really the fundamental teachings. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up a bit earlier is, uh, as I mentioned, you mentioned, Misha, that you know, mathematics is objective. And because of that, you feel oh, there's no danger of uh, anything untoward creeping into class. But uh, one thing I think we should keep in mind is that nothing can, nothing can be as objective as we think it is. And that people will often find ways to bring, uh, uh, to bring their own prejudices or their own ideology even into something that's completely objective. Uh, a good anecdote from, admittedly, the secular world that I like to use about this is the story of the German cat. I'm not sure if you're... Are you familiar with that one at all? No. Yeah, so this this is a story told by a journalist who lived in uh, Germany circa the mid-century. Uh, and he was a big cat aficionado, and he subscribed to a magazine about cats. And what he noticed was that, uh, right around the 30s, he started seeing more and more articles about the German cat. How the German cat was stronger than all the other cats. How the German cat was more honorable, more fierce. And what he noticed is that these articles about the german cat is like the time went on by the 40s the magazine was full of nothing but these articles about the german cat and i think this serves as a good example that no matter how objective you might think something is whether it's mathematics or physics or just cats uh someone can and will find a way to worm their own ideology or their own opinion into that one way or the other for instance with mathematicians mathematicians may be objective the administrators who run them often are not yeah that's true i mean uh, I'm not a cat guy, but, you know, German cats are probably pretty cute. <laughs> but, I mean, 
to some people saying two plus two equals four is dangerous now you know people say there's plenty of people in like the world that say you know math is, is somehow like skewed and oppresses people like there's i've seen legislation myself in like uh states that have taken that have like lifted some requirements in basic curriculum just because there's like some assumption that like it's kind of racist what they've done because they just say these people are not able to learn math so we just left the curriculum like that's like fundamentally not right and it's just like i don't know it's just yeah yeah and yeah that is uh, and i think the example we can take from that and apply to our spiritual life is uh just when you think you're safe uh and that there's no danger of temptation that's when the demons get you so that's when you right when you think you're safe that's when you have to be on your guard and university is as full of of those examples as any other place. That's about everything uh, I had to get into for today. Uh, do either of you have any uh, final thoughts you'd like to give to the audience before we sign off? Thank you for listening. <laughs> thank you. All right. Yes. Thank you for being with us tonight. This has been the uh, PVYA Orthodox Youth Podcast.